Hey guys, in today's episode, we're going to break down episode two of season two of The Mandalorian. Now I'm going to mix things up in this breakdown. Normally I have a lot of images and music and all that, but today you're going to see my face mainly because there isn't really too much to break down. And I just wanted to kind of have more of a one-on-one -on -one with you as we go into this episode. Now compared to the first episode, you really can't expect it to be, you know, up to the same par unless we see Ahsoka or maybe young Luke or something like that. Now the episode in general felt a lot like a side mission in a game, you know, like complete this quest and you will get these things. It's like, well, okay, to do this main quest, to finding the Mandalorians, the Mando has to basically escort the frog lady to uh, this planet, and in doing that, she's going to tell him where he can find these Mandalorians. So it's kind of like a sidestep to get to the mission, but you have to do it anyways, since, you know. Now, during the live stream, I saw a lot of you really upset with how everything went. Now, we can't expect everything to be all action-packed, guns blazing, lightsabers whooshing everywhere, and the darksaber to be, you know, around every corner. It's just not how it works. So in this episode, we did get what we got, so let's get right to it and break it down. At the end of season one, we got Boba watching over the Mando after the Krayt dragon was slain, or slayed, and we basically know that now Boba knows all about Mando. He knows that he's got his original armor, and I think what's going to happen is that they're going to save this for way later in the season, where Boba will eventually catch up to the Mando and we won't see him for probably I'd say five episodes maybe in episode six or seven we will see Boba Fett return I hope sooner I hope I'm wrong but that's what I'm probably thinking is going to happen I feel like eventually we could have Boba Fett's armor sort of stolen or vanished and Mando will be like where to go and then eventually you know we'll see Boba Fett all in his glory and just standing atop a rock with the sun shining behind him something like that so in this one we pick up right where we left off in episode one of season two in the last episode where Mando is just skirting through the desert on his speeder with baby Yoda and Boba Fett's armor where he gets clotheslined by a bunch of low-level thugs or gangsters or bounty hunters in their own respect I guess they seem to be after the child the Mando beats most of them up one of them gets a knife to the child's neck and the mando barters with them says hey you know i'll give you whatever you want give me the child don't hurt him and if you do you're not going to leave here alive i'm going to find you and kill you so basically what he does is he gives him his jetpack the guy f runs away with it it was a really funny scene and he flies into the air and then gets his jetpack back and he goes back on his mission. Walking through the desert of Tatooine, which is no joke, he finally ends up back at the city, goes to the cantina where he sees Peli Moto. Now she's playing Sabak with Dr. Mandible, who is a Killick. Now these guys were highly intelligent insectoid species native to the planet Alderaan. There's a whole wiki file on them, you guys can check it out, but I'm not gonna go into detail right now. A, because I don't really know that much about them, and B, because it's totally irrelevant. Peli Moto tells them that Dr. Mandible knows someone who can lead him to the way of the Mandalorians, where we get in touch with the frog lady but before we do we get a couple more easter eggs as the razor crest is being put back together you know spruced up by the pit droids which refers back to episode one with anakin's pod racer and so on and so forth but the dragon meat is on a rotisserie and it's actually being cooked by the engine of a pod racer which i thought was pretty cool and it's also a bit of a, uh, a nod towards batu uh, galaxy's edge where you see pieces of meat actually being or pieces of meat being um, rotisseried by a pod racer engine too. We see R5 again, and we also see a gonk droid in the background. Now the frog lady says that he can't use his hyperdrive at all on his razor crest, otherwise the eggs that she's keeping of her own kin will die. Now he has to taxi her to the estuary moon of Trask, which is in the same star system as the gas giant Coliban. Now the frog lady says that her husband has seen Mandalorians 
there. So off we go. Mando leaves Tatooine with the Frog Lady and Baby Yoda, and of course Boba's armor, only to be stopped midway by none other than Dave Filoni. No, the New Republic, basically two New Republic X-Wing ships fly alongside of him, and they say, hey, where are you going? Where's your transponder? And this and that. And the Mando says that I don't have a transponder because my ship is actually pre-Empire. So they kind of give him a hard time. And now, funny enough, uh, Dave Filoni's character is named Trapper Wolf, which is a nod towards the Clone Wars, and of course, Commander Wolf. The other New Republic X-Wing pilot is named Carson, and he's played by Korean-Canadian actor Paul Soon-Hyung Lee. And I hope I'm saying that right. Now, they say over the intercom that his ship was involved in a prisoner breakout. And if you remember season one, episode six, the prisoner with Quinn the Twi'lek, you'll remember this. It all happened on the New Republic Correctional Transport, Bothan 5. So Din blasts off to the planet ahead of him and tries to escape them, which he does, but he ends up falling through the ice and kind of busting up his whole ship. A lot of back and forth, some stuff that doesn't really matter, and eventually he finds the frog lady having a nice little hot tub bath in a natural spring, which is surrounded by a bunch of white spider eggs. Naturally, as he's helping her get out of the jacuzzi, and her babies that are uh, marinating in there with her. Baby Yoda goes off to find uh, one of these eggs and actually opens it up and eats one of the spiders. This awakens the entire crew of spider eggs and including the big mamba mama that comes out of there really angry and we get some Harry Potter vibes. Now these spiders have a very interesting story. This is probably the biggest Easter egg of this episode, I think. And uh, this is actually where it comes from. Now during the live stream watch party, I actually got this book out from the other room and this is Ralph McQuarrie's drawings from the original trilogy it's a really really cool collection there's two books there's two volumes of this and this is the second volume and um, I was able to actually hunt down and find what these spiders were called and where they actually came from because someone's mentioned that they were from Dagobah so on page 316 we can actually see these spiders these very horrific looking spiders which I'm going to show you here awkwardly this book is quite heavy so watch me struggle there you go so it says right here, Ralph loved coming up with these bizarre fungus animals, creatures, and weird plants. As he talked, he just would sketch. Here is some mushroom that eats mammals, for example. He and I had what I thought was a great idea based on a sketch Ralph McQuarrie did during production of Empire Strikes Back about a life form that was a big white spider that had almost tree-like limbs. We decided in its younger stage it was mobile, like a spider, and could be a predator. And when it got to a certain mature age, it would plant its legs into the ground and become one of the trees. I like the idea of a plant-animal function, so it's in the text of the book. Illustration, Dagobah, White Spider, 1993. McCory went back to his Empire-era concept of a fungus-covered bog planet with a tree-like monster for this illustration. It's quite creepy looking, I gotta say. Especially when it opened its mouth, it reminded me of the Sarlacc and of the Minoc. Now, I'm not gonna drag it on. Long story short, the spiders push the crew back to the Razor Crest. It gets pretty hairy and pretty freaky. All the spiders run around everywhere. Mando shoots them, vaporizes them. Uh, they get to the basically the, the cockpit where the door is about this much open and the spiders are just coming through. They're just freaking they're about to eat baby Yoda where you know the frog lady actually you know she she pulls up clutch and she shoots a couple of them with her own little blaster uh Mando flamethrows all of them they get incinerated they you know get cooked up and then when all hope is lost when the big mama white spider comes in and tries to just you know 
at the end, you know, opens up her teeth and it's game over. Dave Filoni shows up with his crew and they pop, lock, and drop all the spiders and poof, they're, they're gone. So um, in the end, Mando walks out and he says, and Dave Filoni, uh, AKA uh, Trapper Wolf, and uh, what was the other guy's name? Carson, they saved the day by shooting them all down. Now they reiterate that his ship was involved with the escape of a prisoner, Quinn, or as they called him, X-6911, but they noticed that he saved Lieutenant Davin of the Correctional Corps, uh, played by Matt Lanter, who was the voice of Anakin Skywalker in The Clone Wars, season one, episode six. I'm sure you remember. If not, go back and watch it, check it out, or watch my breakdown or Google it. He basically asks for their help to repair his hull and get off of this ice rock where they kind of look at each other and they're like, uh, dude, just fix your transponder, get one, or else we're gonna blow that hunk of junk out of space the next time we see it, okay? They blast off, they take off, and Mando gets his stuff together and takes off himself to go to the planet where the Mandalorians are gonna be at for the next episode. So all in all, you know, the episode was fun. It was interesting. It was much slower for sure than the first one. I feel like, you know, the first one was really the one, you know, that hooks you in. The second one obviously was a little bit slower. So all in all, I would rate it probably like a six out of 10, uh, just in terms of, you know, not quality or anything. I mean, quality is out of, you know, out of the park. It's insane with The Mandalorian. Every episode I think is over $10 million, which of course money isn't, you know, uh, a telltale sign that something is gonna be great, but it's just to show you guys that the quality is high. That being said, in terms of progressing the overall story, nah, this one didn't really do all that much, but it did solidify a lot of the Mando's connection with little baby Yoda, with the child, and it was mirrored poetically with the frog lady and her, her eggs. So I would love to see what's gonna happen in the next episode. I was feeling a little bit like, all right, it's a, it was this slow episode, but it is what it is. It's the story of the Mando and not every episode can be absolutely amazing. I think the next episode is gonna be really interesting for sure. I don't think there is gonna be any quote unquote filler as uh, a lot of you guys call it. And I know I use that word sometimes too, but I, I hate it because I feel like every episode has some worth and value to it um, when you step back and you look at the whole story. So I'm looking forward to the next one. Hope you guys will be there for the breakdown. And of course the watch party, which I have a lot of fun of uh, doing with you guys. I think there were like 4,300 of you there. 4400 or something which was pretty sweet that's pretty cool they're like growing every week which is it's fun to see a lot of us sitting down watching the exact same thing at the exact same time all parts of the world all different walks of life it's uh, truly a beautiful community and i'm very happy and very humbled to be part of it with you so hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown not all of them are going to be like this with my face i just wanted to do something a little bit different i just go by my feeling and i will see you all in the next one catch you then